Welcome to the conversation. I'm Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Glad you're here today. Dad, I want to talk about naivete because I I have been just increasingly concerned by the number of people who just believe everything they see. And I, I just, I'm. it's just shocking to me. So for, before we get started, I, want, I looked up what does naive mean? So, because the Bible talks a lot in Proverbs about the naive person. Um, so naivete in the English word, it says showing a lack of experience, wisdom, or judgment. So th- that covers a lot of ground right there because a lot of times you're naive, not, not because you're, you know, you're trying to be, it's just, you don't have enough exposure to the world to know that bad things could happen. Like, you know, yeah. bad things. so like, I, I think about how, there's a lot of people that just really don't believe that there would be evil people in the world. Mm-hmm. And I go, that's naivete. Like you clearly have not had any exposure to evil. And uh, Jordan Peterson spends, you know, 40 pages in one, in his new book talking about this guy that, um, uh, he was in his relationship and the person he was in the relationship with actually tried to harm him and he didn't know what to do with it. And finally, uh, Jordan Peterson got him to be convinced that someone might actually want to harm him. And he said, this guy had gone through his whole life refusing mm. to believe anyone would want to harm him. And then when somebody actually went to harm him, it did not fit in his framework. So he ignored it, but yet he was harmed in the middle of it. So he didn't know how to process what had happened to him. And it's like, somebody did bad to you. Yeah. What? But people don't do that, bad. Yeah, that doesn't fit my framework. Yeah, I don't have any experience with that. Well, now you do have experience with it and it can jolt you so badly because- you, you just can't imagine that. And so, you know, in Proverbs 14, 15, it says this, the simple believe anything. Um, another one says the naive believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. How do you avoid being naive? Because you just don't know what you don't know. So if you don't have experience, you know, it's, mm-hmm. again, it's, 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 the, it's the lack of experience, lack of wisdom or lack of judgment. For, let's start with, first of all, if you just don't have experience, which requires a little humility to recognize right. that your world's not quite as, you, you don't quite know as much as you think you know. Um, how, do you, how do you compensate for that and avoid being naive when you just don't have experience? I, I remember a story, a, a fellow was promoted as a young man to the president of the bank and he didn't want to make, make mistakes. So he went to the uh, former president who's an older fellow and he says, you know, I, I really don't have any experience. He says, so how, how can I get, ex, um, how can I, you know, get experience. And he says, well, you're only going to get experience by making mistakes, you know, and it's through making mistakes that you gain the experience. And so we, we are going, th- there's two ways. You can either gain it by your own mistakes or you can gain it by learning from the mistakes <laughs> yeah, of others. Right. You know, I like other people's mistakes. It's a lot less painful, yeah. 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 And I think that's one of the reasons that scripture gives us so many stories. You know, mm. it could just be a list of do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. But there's so many stories because you go, oh, look, man, that looked like a wise decision and it ended in disaster. Mm. And so we can learn from the pain of others that you, you, you're going to benefit if you listen to the Lord and obey him even when it doesn't make sense, things of that nature. Which is why Proverbs also spends, it's fascinating to me that King Solomon is considered the wisest man who ever lived. And yet over and over and over, he says, 
seek counsel. Get counsel. Uh, a wise person seeks counsel. Seeks counsel. Seek counsel. Seek counsel. And the counsel of many plans succeed, and the multitude of counsel. But, but yet he was the wisest man who ever yeah. lived. So you'd think he wouldn't need counsel, but he's saying wisdom comes from counsel, which yeah. which again comes from that. It goes back to that how to learn from the mistakes of others. Yeah, uh, and and even if you are wise in a particular area. Um, there's the wisdom of others who've had different experiences and seen things from other perspectives. So you may be extremely, using the banking illustration, you may be an extremely wise banker. Yeah. But you start getting into investing in real estate or something, you need somebody who knows how to tell a house. Yeah. That, uh, what's wrong with the house and things. And so you may, be, you may be the wisest man in your whole profession, but it's always going to dovetail or intersect with other areas where we need the wisdom and counsel of others. You know, some of the smartest people I know are really bad in relationships. Yeah. You know, some just, of the best counselors I know are, <laughs> have their own major relational issues. Yeah. yeah. And so so we can we gain that insight and that perspective, not just because somebody's smarter than us, really, but it has it's not really about smart, smart or intelligence. It's about experience and perspectives. And so this person has been down that road and they've seen what's down there. And this person's been down that road and they've seen what's down there. And so they can tell me things that I can't because I've only walked one road. My, you only have one life. You've only walked one road. Which I think is one of the important elements of in, in avoiding naivety is humility. Because there's a certain mm-hmm. amount of arrogance that comes with naivete, which is weird. You think, well, just because you don't know it doesn't mean you're arrogant. But if you refuse to believe that there's something you don't know... Yeah. And in fact, uh, what you don't know is actually more important than what you do know because it's what you don't know that can kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you do know, you've kind of got that under control. And so there's this element of humility that says anyone's prone to naivete because as soon as you start to think you know it all, um, then then you're prone to getting, you know, well, there's to being very susceptible to danger or believing anyone's, interpretation of, well, this is the way it is. Oh, really? That's it? Okay. Well, I have no other frame of experience other than that. So that must be what it is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you may be missing an entire perspective. I know that sounds same, so abstract, but I see that. Um, well, let me just go go for this here. I see that with a lot of the the, the medical, uh, medical thing that we've seen with COVID where you, you have just these flip-flopping medical opinions about things right. and people are like well trust the science i trust the science and i'm like scientists don't even trust the science right yeah. like science is all about disproving what you've already learned and but it's this but the naivete is like well i would i don't want to believe that somebody doesn't somebody in charge doesn't know what they're doing because that's a sense of safety to me yeah so you just trust what they're saying instead of realizing the people in charge are just as dumb as you i mean in many ways like they may know a little bit more knowledge, but it doesn't mean they have wisdom because wisdom recognizes patterns. I think that's one of the keys to wisdom is, is the, the cause and effect patterns. Uh, yeah. You know, that's what so. Jesus, he taught a lot of wisdom. Wisdom is, is principles, you know, like, you know, well, like King Solomon said, the borrower is slave to the lender. Sometimes you got to take out a loan, but just know when you take out that loan, they won't be calling you asking for their money back, yeah. right? And uh-huh. it's going to be irritating. You're going to be their slave. Jesus said, uh, you know, give and it will be given to you. You know, out of the amount you give, will people give back to you? He's not saying quantities, numbers, right? But we want a very definitive answer. So when people come along and give us an answer, and if we're naive and say, well, maybe that's the answer, maybe it's not, are we going to bounce it up against our experience? But if you have no experience, what do you bounce it up against? So it's just easier to believe. Uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about that we default to truth. 
uh, we default to believing that everyone is telling the truth because you have to operate in that world. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's not that they're not – and sometimes people are intentionally deceiving you because they're capitalizing on your naivete, which is interesting because they're actually capitalizing on your own arrogance, refusing to believe that there would be anything other than what you see in front of you. That's it's a very tricky thing, this naivete thing, <laughs> because they're actually ca- they're actually feeding your own arrogance against you by saying these people are going to believe whatever I say because they don't have anything else to br- judge it up against. Instead of saying, "Wow, maybe there's something," is this way too abstract? Am I making sense? Well, that's the wisdom of counsel, though. Yeah, you know, because I don't have the experience, and so you're coming to me and you're offering me a deal is too good to resist, and then I'm going to go talk to somebody else, and then they're going to say, "Well, have you considered it from this perspective?" Or I'm offering you certainty. Mm-hmm. This, do this and everything will be good. Yeah. Really? Really? Oh, okay, then I'll do that. And then it's not good and you're like, uh, uh. What happened? Clearly, clearly I'm not the problem. Clearly that person isn't the problem. It's all the other people that aren't the problem that aren't believing what the, the expert is saying. Yeah, I think you're getting very specific here. No, I'm getting very <laughs> abstract, right? I'm saying you just see that everywhere. I see, mm-hmm. I see that all the time with people that they want certainty. Yeah. Um, and, and, and their lack of experience makes them think there is a certainty in something. Well, and there, there, there are some certainties, and that's where, again, man, I just keep going back to the Scripture. The Scripture provides solid, you can know this is true. Mm-hmm. It's really about the only solid thing we can build our life on, what Jesus talked about, building your life on a rock, because it does not change. The principles in the word do not change. Unlike what you were talking about science, you know, look at a science book from 100 years ago. Look at a medical book from 100 years ago. You'd laugh at it. We, you know, they say the doctors probably killed Washington sooner than he should have because they were bleeding him and yeah, attaching right. leeches to him to get him healthy and stuff, you know. So, you know, science changes, medicine changes. The scripture, because it's principles dealing with life and principles dealing with with. God and the world and principles again being cause and effect relationships. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is how this is how the world works. This is how relationships work. If you want to know something solid about how to love, uh, how to have a good marriage, husbands love your wives, cherish your wives. Wives, you respect, you honor your husbands. That you can bank on. Right. It will not change. It has not changed. Men still need to be respected and honored more than loved. Women still need to be loved and cherished more than honored and respect or respected. And so that's a that's a foundation you can build on. Now that if somebody took a soundbite of what you just said, they'd be like, "What? You're directly referencing Emerson Egerich's b- breakdown of the 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 of Paul's saying." Ephesians. Yeah, Ephesians Mm -hmm. saying, wives, love your husbands, or or, wives, respect your husbands, husbands, love your wives. Basically, there's these driving needs, right? And so if you understand those driving needs, again, it causes the cause and effect. And the the research backs that up, too, that guys need more to be respected than to feel cherished and loved. So I think what that goes back to is, though, where it says showing a lack of experience, wisdom, or judgment— Wisdom is that lack of understanding of how the world works. Exactly. Lack yeah. of understanding of the patterns. And I see that all the time with people that are come up for me in, on, in prayer and they'll be like, can you pray for me, pastor? And we start talking about it. And I'm like, did you check with anybody before you did that? Like what made you think that was going to turn out good? And they just don't have the foundation, the foundation yeah. to know that never works. Yeah. Like yeah. you can do that 10 thousand times and that will never work because the world doesn't work that way right yeah but if you don't know you just keep doing it over and over again 
and and that's where naivete comes from. I, and I think that is the power of the church because you find yourself surrounded by people who have more experience than you in different areas, and you can draw from them. And in, in a good, healthy church where you're drawing life and, and counsel and advice from others, as a young man, that really helped me a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I had older guys who would, would encourage me as I'm going to school, as I'm struggling in this area, struggling in that area. I remember a lady one time just challenging me and in uh, something with you, you know, you were into baseball cards. And I mean, you had all these baseball card stats memorized. And I thought, man, I wish you'd use that, uh, all that brain power to memorize something that makes a difference, you know, which now you have. And an uh, older lady, she just challenged me, says, you know, you need to encourage him in that. Mm. You need to not be putting that down, but encourage him. And I said, you know, and so I was rebuked by this woman, you know, in a positive way. And another lady rebuked me one time, you know, I said something about, you know, Jan had come up, your mom had come up to me and said, do you love me? And this little Italian lady came up to me afterwards. She says, if your wife has to ask if you love her, you aren't telling her enough. (laughs) Yes, ma'am, you know. And so in this, this rubbing iron, sharpening iron, when you're in the church and you're close enough to other people that they can rebuke you and or share their experience. Yeah. Yeah. And and that iron sharpening iron. Because if you're just if you just pass in and you pass out, the way iron sharpens iron is by contact and by rubbing and by friction, not by just passing through. Yeah. Close to. So which that experience thing is really important because we live in a world right now where it says nobody can understand anybody else's pain unless they've had a similar or worse experience. And it's like We've all got the human experience, man. Yeah. And so it's just very dangerous because you start to go, well, they can't understand because they don't have my exact same experience. And I don't have to understand to tell you, that's stupid. That's going to hurt. There's principles that are, yeah. yeah. So th- this idea of patterns and principles and how the world works, I want to ask a tough question. Um, back to this definition of naive, showing lack of experience, wisdom, or judgment. I've had a lot of experience that if things can go wrong, they will go wrong <laughs> and at the worst possible time. Uh-huh. Based on my personal experience, I would say just prepare. The worst is probably going to happen. So my question is, is optimism a form of naivete? Because it's probably going to go wrong <laughs> at the worst possible time. Or I have had that happen a few times, but it could well just be that when things go right, you don't take quite such notice of it. And so you only notice the time that you had the flat tire driving in that back alley or something. You don't notice the 10 times you drove through and it didn't happen or the, you know, and it happened when it was raining, you know. So maybe it, it, it just wasn't that noticeable. And so I'm not so much a believer in Murphy's Law. You know, I'm, I'm, more, the, I'm more the optimist. You know, there's no problem. You can't ignore long enough that it'll, it'll go away. And Yeah, which, okay, so that brings me to the idea of faith because a lot of people say faith is naivete. Yeah. It's, it's believing in something that's ridiculous. Do you, do you have any experience of this? Uh, you know, it's bad judgment. It's bad. It's lack of wisdom. It, but- it can be. I've seen people who their faith was more just really, you know, just a, a Pollyanna. Well, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Uh, rather than really a, whole, a trust that God is in control of this situation. And, you know, here's the interesting thing. I mean, the scripture that we typically use for that is Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things are working together for the good of those who love him, those who call him. That's the one we use. Unfortunately, we pull that out of the context. The context is at the beginning of that chapter in Romans. He's saying, you know, we're co-heirs with Christ if we share in his sufferings. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on, in order that we may share in his glory also. And then he goes on in verse 18, you know, he says, I consider our present sufferings are not worthy comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 
So he's saying, he's saying this in the context, I'm suffering. I'm going through difficult times. But I know that through these difficult times, God is going to work all these things together for the good. And so I think if you, if you think naive, you're, it's naive to think that, oh, it's going to work out for good, and it's a good that I'm going to like. Right. It may not be a good that you like. It may not be the good that you would have chosen. In the short term. In the short term. Yeah. It, you know, it's that old, it, it, the will of God is exactly what you would choose if you knew all the facts, but you may not know all the facts. We never know all the facts. And so therefore, he's working all things together for good. But it might not be, I don't necessarily see it as good because yeah. I don't know all the facts. So, which is where that's where faith comes in because you're really trusting him. And if we, if we don't have the element of this eternal perspective where eventually we're going to see it all kind of come full circle and go, Oh, that's what that, well, that's what God was doing. Yeah. Right. But if you didn't have that, I and mean, Paul said that, he said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're the, of all people most to be pitied. Yeah. Like we really are naive. Like if you, if you really, if you, if this, if this is it, like, but there, we're believing that there's something beyond this, which some people would say is naive to think there's anything belonging to this. That's where you and have to... Yeah, the, the beyond it is not just sitting on a cloud playing a harp. It's we are being prepared in this life. And so the difficulties, the struggles prepare us to rule and reign with Christ throughout all eternity. I don't know what all that means. I don't know who we're going to be ruling over or what we're going to be ruling over. Probably over the naive. It <laughs> could well be. In, in which case, we're going to have a huge kingdom. That's right. And we'll be ruling over a bunch of them. Yeah, I'll just keep being naive. We're going to rule you one day. <laughs> but the point being that what we're going through in difficult times here, the struggles here, are preparing us in, in levels of faith, in levels of trust, in levels of do I really trust God when things work out the way that I don't wouldn't want them to? Right. It's not the way I think it's good. Or am I really trusting just that he's going to be some sort of a fairy godfather for me and make everything work well? So how do you know if you're being naive? we got a few minutes left here. How do you know if you're being naive? I'm not sure you Does, would. Do you have to depend on people around you to be... I mean, that's for me, I've been, I've, I've often, I've been like, what am I missing about myself? I've asked people that. Uh-huh. And they'll say something and I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know, I kind of knew that, but I didn't want to admit it. Yeah. But if you're being, you know, it's kind of like humility, you know, the guy who's, as soon as you realize you're humble, you're no longer humble, yeah. you know? And as soon as you realize you're naive, you're really no longer naive because now you understand. I still don't have the experience, but at least I know what I don't, I, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that'll kill you. It's what you know, yeah. what you don't know, but it's what you don't know that you don't know that'll kill you. Yeah. But when I realize, hey, there's a lot of things I don't know, then I'm open to getting guidance and getting counsel. And, and by the definition, you may still be naive because you haven't had the experience, but you're probably not going to suffer the consequences of naivete. So in, in some ways, the way to know you're not naive is by questioning everything. Uh, that sure sounds cynical, but uh, <laughs> not questioning or everything. Submitting everything question, to truth. That would be Let's better, yeah. Oh, well, there's your Christian way to say it. I say no, question no, no, everything. No, but yeah, no right. you question everything. That's just being cynical, but... If I'm questioning everything, my decisions, if I'm questioning my wisdom, that would be good. And, right. and yeah, you would question the wisdom of others too. Basically, does it line up with scripture or is that? But okay, but, but let's get, sometimes the scripture isn't super clear about it. And that's where you have to depend on, sometimes on tradition. Like what is, what is true? Uh, yeah. Andy Stanley talks about that. He says, ask yourself, what happened last time we did this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got to know history. Um, you've got to know uh I mean, like in your own your own personal history. What happened last time I did that? What happened last yeah. time I dated a person like yeah. that? Oh, that didn't go well. Yeah, okay. So that's how you avoid, I think, naivete is really 
submitting everything to truth and, and always asking, is this truth? And recognizing, I think, that at any given point, you're always going to see through a glass. It's a, it's a cloudy glass. Exactly, yeah. it, you're, the whole truth is yet to be revealed. So you have to walk humbly, recognizing, man, there's probably something you're not seeing. I think that's the key is is realizing that there there may be more than what I understand things I don't have complete knowledge and I can learn from others so humility Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast. 